Hello and welcome fellow film buffs. I'm Zach Droll, and I'm joined by my co-host and fellow cinephile, Hunter Vanalira. Snoochie boochies. We are the Box Office Losers. Each and every week we deep dive into the movie spirit to watch and review any and all films ever grace the silver screen or your TV screen. This week we are talking about Dogma. Yeah, dude. This movie is something. Also, um, before we fully get into it, let me just open up my can of Monster, because I am not awake. <laughs> yeah, no, Wednesdays it's going to be um, easier for me to record earlier, because I uh, have obligations with my boy who started streaming recently to do co-op with him for a little bit longer. So, oh I'm doing a way out this week. And oh. then, I don't know what I'm doing next week, but I might be free. It all depends on um, if we finish the game or not. So... I don't think we're going to finish it in four hours, but we'll see. So, yeah, I'm excited for that. Zach, what have you been up to, man? Um, well, uh, I don't know, really. I've just been tired. Yeah, how, how's work going with your new job? I don't really. I, I just help my dad with papers. That's not really a new job. It's still, it's still new from what you were doing I, before, I, bro. I, it, it's pretty much just me staying up till 3 o'clock in the morning, getting home and falling asleep. <laughs> That's no fun. That's all I do. Oh, um, so, uh, update on, uh, on, um, Mortal Kombat from last week. Mortal Kombat! Saw that with my friends in theaters. Yeah, how'd you like it? Uh, In theaters. So much better, because we also saw it with just us in the theater. Oh, that's sick. So we were able just to scream, laugh. Yeah. And just, like, talk about the movie after watching it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, theaters are doing so pretty better. cool. Theaters are doing pretty good at limiting seats and sales, and not a lot of people actually want to go to the theaters to see certain movies. So Especially you'll you can like, watch this one for free. Yeah, exactly. You'll likely get movies with no people in the theaters. Like, um, we just had a guest on my comic book show. Uh, his name's John, and he uh, said that he's been going to the movie theaters. Like, he's trying to go about once a week. He's fully vaccinated, so he's good. But he's trying to go about once a week. And he went, he's seen nobody like three times and he's like, he loves it, but he's like, no one's in the theater. So he just hangs out and he just laughs and he just has fun. So um, yeah, what you said sounds awesome. I kind of want to do that for something stupid. Maybe we'll do that well, for Space Jam. <laughs> like, well, maybe like, it was like with, um, with, uh, Godzilla v. Kong. Uh, I saw that with my friends. I think we did, we just had one other group in the theater, mm-hmm. but they were like people our age. So I don't I don't think they they would have fully cared. Oh, so you guys were all yelling about stupid Godzilla shit? No, I, well, like, well, if I well, we didn't do that because we also were just still respectful moviegoers, oh, okay. so we didn't talk too much. But like versus like when it was Mortal Kombat, it was just us in the theater. Yeah, you were just going, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's good. Cool. That's cool. Um. But, yeah, so, this film, guys, Dogma, um, uh, legit, like, uh, Kevin Smith, uh, didn't, gave up the streaming rights to this movie, so. Dogma, more like dog shit. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha ha. No, I liked it. (laughs) Sorry. um, I, 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 I'm indifferent on it, but I, I'm giving it a slight pass. Low-hanging fruit. Because of, uh, because of it being a Kevin Smith movie. So, Kevin Smith gave up the streaming rights to this? Yeah, I think um, the Weinstein company, mainly Harvey Weinstein, and I think his brother Bill Weinstein. Yeah, Miramax own, company. I pr- pr- pretty much just own 
this movie. Yeah, Letterboxd says it was on Amazon, but I couldn't find it. It must have been like Amazon Buy, and I was like, I don't want to buy this movie. So I found it somewhere else. Oh, it, 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 it's not even on Amazon Buy. You, you can't even buy it for Prime. Oh, weird. It must have just Trust been, me, I said it was on if, Amazon. If that was the case, I probably would have actually bought this film and instantly re- regretted it. <laughs> nice. But, um, yeah, I had to go through... Uh, uh, legal.com slash movie is here. Oh, yeah. I had to do that, too, with my fire stick. But, um, so let's just jump to this overview, uh, get into the nitty-gritty of this film. I can't wait to talk about the casting. Oh, the casting is absolutely ridiculous. Yes, it, it has no right being this stacked and interesting. Uh, so Dogma is a 1999 American fantasy comedy film written and directed by... None other than the god himself, Kevin Smith. The, the god. The goat. <laughs> the, the, the goat, the god, doesn't matter. The, the story revolves around two angels who plan to um, employ an alleged loophole in the Catholic dogma to return to heaven after being cast out by God. But as um, existence is founded on the principle that God is infallible, their success would, pr- would prove God wrong, thus undoing all creation. I didn't... Alas, uh, Sion and two prophets are sent by the... Oh, God. Just the voice of God to stop them. Medi- Metatron. Yeah, by Metatron. Alan Rickman. Stop them. Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. Hans yes. Gruber. Hans Gruber. Yeah, he was good. I don't have a penis. So, I, I, I want to point out one funny thing about the casting. I, I just want to bring up Matt Damon as Loki. Oh, yeah. Um, for anybody who didn't know this, in Thor Ragnarok, when um, Tom Hiddleston's Loki was having was portraying um, uh, Thor's father, um, Odin, uh, he had like the scene portraying of when Loki was dying, and um, who played Loki in that play version? Uh, Hunter. Twas Matt Damon himself. That was like I, like when I was watching the film, I was like, wait a minute, didn't Matt Damon play, like a play version of Loki, in Thor Ragnarok? Dude, guess who's coming back for Thor: Love and Thunder? Matt Damon. Uh, no. They're bringing back Matt Damon as Loki, Liam Hemsworth as Thor. They're bringing, and then they're adding huh? Melissa McCarthy as Hela. I'm so kidding. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, they're playing themselves as actors acting for people. I find oh it hilarious. My God. So, um, I'll read off this cast. It can't be too. It's not well minus uh no, the all- one who played Bethany. But I'll, I'll, but I'll, I'll get through this cast. Oh, that's, a, that's easy. Uh, yeah. Ish. Uh, so the cast is Ben Affleck as Bartleby, Larry. Matt Damon as Loki, Larry. Linda Fortin- Fortano? Fortino. Fortino. As Bethany. Oh, I was, I was going by Bethany. Everyone will. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to do last names. Uh, Selma Hayek as Serendipity, Jason Lee as Azrael, Jason Mews as Jay. Alan Rickman as the Metatron, Chris Rock as Rufus, Kevin Smith as Salem Bob, and George motherfucking Carlin as Carnal 
Ignatius uh, Glick. Gillick. And then we had Alanis Morissette as God's embodiment. Yes. Because Metatron is God's voice, so. But, man, George Carlin, Chris Rock, Alan Rickman. Dude, Matt even, Damon, like, Ben Affleck. Yeah, like, but weren't they coming off of, um... Google hunting at this time? Uh, Matt Damon was, yeah. Ben Affleck was coming off of Chasing Amy, I think. Oh, no, Matt Damon, uh, Bill a- Ben Affleck was in Goodwill hunting, but you know what I mean. Like, God, this, like, um, <laughs> I-, I want more Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. They I wrote the same so thing. Well together. <laughs> they they mesh so well together. Yeah, we need to watch more Ben Affleck movies. He's probably, he's pretty good, like, overall, as an actor. You just never think about it. Oh yeah, and to answer your question, um, no, I've not seen The Accountant. <laughs> oh, it's pretty good. It's nothing I... like ridiculous. It's just like John Wick, but with autism. That sounds <laughs> that sounds appropriate. That's what it is. That's what it is. Ben Affleck is a, an accountant who has uh, high functioning autism, and he it's just really fucking awesome. It's a really good so, movie. So the, I the when I burn it's like I've. I have I I I've I've seen the movie, mm-hmm. but I've only seen like, the last like minute of it yeah. because that's a movie that always plays just before AEW Dynamite. <laughs> so like so I, I I've seen just the last minute of the movie every single time. So yeah. Hello. I'm here. I was just listening. I was waiting for you. No, I you went silent. I normally you normally would pick up something. Nah, I was waiting for you to uh, finish what you were saying. <laughs> All right. Got me scared there for a minute, dude. Got you scared. All right. Uh, the budget of this uh, film was $10 million. Yeah, man. I bad. And the return from the box office was $44 million. Also pretty solid. Considered not a flop. Considered not a flop. Uh, in, in, in most people's eyes. At least commercially. Um, yeah. It made its money back. Miramax didn't lose anything in their investments. So that's pretty good. That is true. So, Hunter, uh, kick us off with some notes. It was kind of hard to find some of these notes. Not a lot of them were on, um... W- Wikipedia? Our, our totally valid source of information. Dope. Dope. Yeah, but I did find a lot from um, IMDb's little trivia section, but the first bit here was actually on our totally valid piece of sor- uh, source material. Yeah, so, so take away um, from assault. The film's irreverent treatment of Catholicism and the Catholic Church triggered considerable controversy even before its opening. The Catholic League denounced it as blasphemy, an organized protest delayed its release in many countries and led to at least two death threats against Smith. Dude, they don't even treat Catholicism that bad. All they do is introduce Buddy Christ, and that's it. <laughs> Everything else is pretty rock solid. And Kevin Smith is Catholic. Rufus. Oh yeah, but Kevin Smith is Catholic himself. Yeah, he was just doing little funsies on it. I don't know why people were so fucking crybabies about. It. I hate you know, whatever. Well, because like I, I, I think because they just saw the, the title and probably saw like the synopsis. They're like, oh well, um, hmm. The synopsis this, this would definitely movie. give it some uh, problems, I would yes, say. Yes, that's mainly what it is. The synopsis is fucking two angels want to blow up the world because they're mad at God. Or fallen angels or whatever they were. And one of them is Matt Damon and the other one is Ben Affleck. Barry and Larry, baby. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, um, uh, b- b- before Smith began work on 
on the movie Clerks, he began noting down an idea for a film called God. Uh, during his brief period in film school, he essentially wrote the scene introducing Rufus, but this version did not feature Jay and Silent Bob. During the development of Clerks, Smith continued to jot down ideas for his God project, uh, including having the main character be a high school jock. <clears throat> the concept of the 13th Apostle, Rufus, and the muse named Serendipity, put, uh, but Smith didn't have a story to work off of. By the, by the time Clerks had picked up uh, for distribution, Smith began writing the first draft for the film he called the Project God. Uh, was in a, he called the Project God was inappropriate, but he retitled it to Dogma. The first draft was completed in August of 1994, with 148 pages accomplished. Jesus Christ. That's a lot. That is. Uh, the more additions... Uh, the high school protagonist was changed to a stripper named Bethany who meets Jay and Bob at a nudie booth. Azrael, or known, or known throughout the script as the shadow figure, was introduced in the final 30 pages and Bethany blew up the church in order to not let Bartleby and Loki pass through the archway. Yeah, maybe not that. Maybe that would have been uh, not, not so good. Yeah. <laughs> Blowing up a church. Yeah. I understand where some of the controversy comes from. Well, it's not like that was in the in the synopsis of blowing up a church. It was just killing the angels. Yeah, and that was the problem. They were just like, ooh. I wish we got more of that scene, too. I'll talk about it in my notes, but yeah. Eh. After um, Smith and Clerks producer Scott Moiser... Uh, reread the draft, they decided that they didn't want Dogma to be their sophomore film. They didn't want to tackle a bigger scale project until they felt ready uh, to do it, despite including the line, Jay and Silent Bobble would turn in Dogma at the end of Clerks. Uh, Smith moved to Universal Studios in order to develop his next film, Mallrats. Hell yeah, dude. Oh, man, I... I... I, for me, I, I, I see this as... Could you imagine next if to... Dogma was his second film? <laughs> oh, Smith would, would not be where he is today. Or would, he think... be be- or would he be in a different position? Would he not have continued his View Askew universe? He probably would not have not continued. If they just did this with Jay and Silent Bob and then went, okay. Or it would have just ended up with the trilogy with Clerks, Jay and Silent Bob, and then one more film to end the... To end the Jay and Silent Bob trilogy. Yeah. It's just like, um... Maybe Chasing Amy would have been the end. But they would have referenced, like, gods and aliens and monsters and shit. <laughs> yeah. But, um, in, in my opinion, though, I see, like, I see Dogma as, like, the second weakest film next to Chasing Amy, of course. You see Chasing Amy as the weakest? I don't see it as the strongest, don't get me wrong. But I see it a little bit stronger than some of his other films. And don't get me wrong, dude, we haven't watched Clerks 2 yet. Or Jay and Silent Bob's super groovy animated film. That, yeah. that movie is butt cheeks. Well, I remember, like, also, like, when it comes down to Clerks 2, we got that very, very, very racist scene. Oh, the porch scene? I love that scene. Yep, yep, <laughs> the porch scene. Oh, 
God. That's a great. <laughs> Not looking scene. forward to like talking about that. <laughs> no, it's a bit risky here. Uh, it is. Uh, so, do, do you want to pick up now, uh, Hunter? Yeah. Uh, during pro- Mallrats production, Smith revisited the Dogma script and made some changes. Uh, Bethany's job went from stripper to an abortion clinic. Okay. Uh, and included an orangutan for Jay and Silent Bob to hang out with. Why? In 1996, he... <laughs> well, because he... they were walking down the road with one in Well, Mallrats. yeah. And then also in um, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, they have another monkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1996, he dropped the orangutan and reworked Bethany to be played by his now-girlfriend, Joey L- uh, Lauren Adams. During that time, he was writing Chasing Amy and got Ben Affleck to agree to do both projects. Fucking got him. <laughs> After Chasing Amy was released to critical and box office success, Smith felt confident enough to make Dogma. So. Yeah. Ugh. yeah so those are the notes that we got from our totally reliable source. And now we're hopping on to some of the trivia and little fun bits before we move on to our plot. So. Cool. Um, no, Lola, don't even think about it. No, <laughs> not for you. So, Jason Mewes had the entire script memorized before rehearsal. When asked why, he said it was because he didn't want to anger Alan Rickman and because Kevin Smith told him uh, aside uh, before rehearsals began and said he needed to be on his best behavior and to bring his A-game to the set. This is That's his first film with a huge um, cast actor. list. Yeah, well, besides yeah. just getting Alan Rickman, it's a huge cast list altogether, too. Uh, hey, I, I, I give J- Jason credit for that, because I think, oh, wasn't it during this time, too, like, Jason was doing... Heroin. Yeah. yeah he, was right? all, was... he was all up in the heroin game. There's a, there's a note about it in here somewhere, I think, and if not, I'll talk about it. So, um, un- unbeknown to the protesters, Kevin Smith joined one of the Catholic groups that protested his film. Oh, this is he fun. managed to get um, an- interviewed by a reporter who recognized him through Smith's manage. You know, th- though Smith-, Smith managed to stay incognito by giving his friend's name as his own. Brian Johnson. Uh, Brian Johnson also presented as the at the protest rally. And telling her that he is often mistaken for Clerks 1994 during the interview, Smith as Johnson also made the comment that he kind of liked um, his uh, that he kind of liked Kevin Smith's first film. <laughs> bitch, you're a bitch. Fuck you. All right, where were we? Um, the Buddy Christ. Yeah, they did like Kevin Smith's first film. So uh, the Buddy Christ statue that was used in the film is on display as of mid-2001 at Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash, a comic book store in Red Bank, New Jersey, owned by Kevin himself. Uh, replicas of the statue are on sale at the store and have been uh, have become one of the store's biggest selling items. I want one. It's also the Meme Jesus. It is the Meme Jesus. If you look up on uh, the interwebs and you see Meme Jesus, that's, uh, that's Buddy Christ right there. Yep, it's from Dogma. I didn't know it was from Dogma. I just thought it was like something Kevin Smith had because it was funny. But yeah, having it be from Dogma, that's fucking cool. Oh, I I, I didn't even know that it was from Dogma until they like, unveil recently. it and you're like, whoa. No, no, it, it wasn't until like it wasn't like the first viewing, but like when I was originally watching stuff about Dogma, because like like a lot of times you hear Dogma is not one of the better Kevin Smith films in some yeah. regards. Some people say that. Mm-hmm. And then when when you see the but you see Buddy Christ you're like wait a minute I've seen that before, mm-hmm. I'm very confused. Yeah. But um, 
Continuing on with our notes, though, um, in an interview uh, discussing his heart attack, Kevin Smith stated that following, following his heart attack, he was contracted by many people he hadn't spoken to in a long time, including uh, Linda F- Fiorentino. Fiorentino, who hadn't spoken to since film wrapping. He said he apologized to her over his earlier comments on her being difficult to work with and wishing her role had been casted differently. Smith said, I was thankful to hear from her, and it also gave me a chance to say, I'm sorry that I, I, I ever said that thing years ago. It gives you a chance to make amends. So that's my favorite one. Yeah, so there's a, um, a note that I didn't include in here that was about her being difficult to work with. Kevin said that some days she wouldn't even talk to him. Oh. And, like, why? He's the director of the film, and he's your co-star in most of your scenes. I understand making your character, like, the, the, the Jesus figure or the Jesus substitute and it being a martyr and having, like, the weirdest dialogue and having his best friend, you know, flirt with you unrelentlessly is annoying on set, but it's, it's all in character. Like, you know, and I understand having someone who's a little unprofessional and a, um you know, doing heroin and while everything's going on is a little weird, but you don't got to not talk to the director of the fucking film. Anyway, I'm glad, I'm glad Kevin apologized and she probably apologized too. Uh, So now the plot, it's not going to be the easiest one for you to blow through Hunter, but I think I'll do pretty okay. Give me one. Well, I, well, it's a lot more paragraphs than what we do when you blow through the paragraph. It's usually it's not plot. much more. I think it's only one more paragraph extra, so it shouldn't be too hard to do. I'm pretty decent at um, you know, making it seem like it's nothing. So, <clears throat> without further ado, dogma. So Bartleby right. and Loki are fallen angels, eternally banished from heaven to Wisconsin for insubordination after an inebriated Loki resigned as the Angel of Death. In a newspaper article that arrives anonymously, the angels discover a way home. Cardinal Ignatius Glick is uh, rededicating his church in Red Bank, New Jersey, in the image of Buddy Christ. Anyone who enters the church during re- the rededication festi- festivities <coughs> sorry, will receive a pl- uh, plenary indulgence, remitting all sins. Uh, Where the banished angels... Yeah, but there's no H, anyway. Where the banished angels uh, undergo this rite, then die after transmuting into human form, God would have no choice but to allow them re-entry into heaven. They are encouraged by the demon Azrael and the Stignan triplets, three teenaged hoodlums who serve Azrael in hell, who took the uh, form of hockey boys. My duck fucks. Yeah. Uh, then we're introduced to Bethany Sloan, a despondent abortion clinic counselor attend, uh, while she attends a service at a church in Illinois. Donations are solicited for a campaign to stop a New Jersey hospital from disconnecting life support on John Doe, Jersey. A homeless man who was beaten by the triplets and is now in a coma. Metatron, a seraph and the voice of God, appears to Bethany in a pillar of fire and explains that if... Well, explains that he's also smooth. And that if Bartleby and Loki succeed on re-entering heaven... They will overrule the word of God, disproving the fundamentals concept of God's omnipotence and nullifying all of existence. Bethany, aided by two prophets, Jay and Silent Bob, must stop the angels and save the universe. Yeah. This shit's weird. (laughs) The fucking two prophets, Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah. They have the power. (laughs) I don't understand 
and they barely bring it up in any of the other films, even though this is canon to the Viewerskew universe. But well, like, like, like I said, like, isn't this one of like, like, isn't this like one of um, like uh, Kevin Smith's like not so favorite films he's done? Uh, he says he doesn't like this one as much as he you know likes other films, but it's not bad. Um, where now are a target? We? Uh, now a target. Bethany is attacked by the triplets, who are driven off by the two foretold prophets. Oh, here they go: drug dealing stoners Jay and Silent Bob. Bethany and the prophets are joined by Rufus, the thirteenth apostle, and Serendipity, the muse of creation of creative inspiration, now working in a strip club in search of inspiration of her own. Azrael then summons the uh, Golgothin, a vile creature made of human excrement. But Bob immobilizes it with aerosol air freshener, cause it takes up big stain, big stenches or something. It, it, it knocks out uh, big odors. That's what it is. Big odors. That's so stupid, but it's funny. Yeah, you gotta love it, man. Um, Bethany asks. No, it was, oh, on, on, the, on yeah. a train. I moved my notes. Uh, on a train to New Jersey, a drunken Bethany reveals her mission to Barry, who tries to kill her. Bartleby. He goes by Barry in that scene. Uh, Bob throws the angels off a train, and Bartleby and Loki now realize the consequences of their scheme. Loki wants no part of destroying all of existence, but Bartleby remains angry at God for his expulsion and for granting free will to humans while demanding servitude from angels and resolves in the pro- resolves the proceeds. So this is weird because, yes, um, what's-his-face doesn't want... Uh, Loki was fucking killing people. Yeah, Loki's just straight up murdering people half the time. Like, he's just like, alright, time to kill people. And you're like, oh, okay then. Right. So, there's that scene where they're in the, um... Not the courtroom. They're in the office building. Uh, at movies. And... The corporate office. And they're just doing all this stuff with, um... Their powers and like just explaining what everyone in that room has done, and I'm like, oh my god! And then it, Matt Damon just kills them all. It's pretty cool. So yeah, yeah. And then they get to that uh, the church, and then Matt Damon and Bartleby fight. Matt, Matt Damon, which Bartleby. I I I kind of wish we we saw a bit. Of yeah, that. I talk about that in my notes. I'm like, I wish we saw more of that. It's lame that we don't get to see it. Um. So Bethany asks why she has been called upon to save the universe. Why can't God simply do it himself? Metatron admits that God's whereabouts are unknown. He disappeared while visiting New Jersey in human form to play skee-ball. The task falls to Bethany because she now learns she is the last skion, a distant but direct blood relative of Jesus. Fun. I would be like, no, thank you. (laughs) Uh, No, no, no. Like, pass. So... The group fails to persuade Glick to cancel the celebration. Jay steals one of Glick's golf clubs. Their only remaining option is to keep the angels out of the church, but Azrael and the triplets trap them in a bar to prevent them from doing so. Azrael then reveals that he sent the news clippings to the angels. He would rather end all of existence than spend eternity in hell. Bob kills Azrael with the golf club, which Glick had blessed to improve his game. Bethany blesses the bar's sink contents, and the others drown the triplets in holy water. They race to the church where Bartleby has killed Glick, his parishioners, and assorted bystanders when Loki, who is now wingless and therefore mortal with a conscience, attempts to stop 
him, but Bartleby kills him as well. R. Holy R. bartender. R.I.P. Matt Damon. The, 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 the holy bartender. Yeah, man, the holy bartender. R.I.P. Matt Damon. Um, Jay attempts... Oh, my God, the holy bartender. Jay, Jay <laughs> I finally clicked. I missed it at first, and I was like, oh, no, he's talking about the joke. <laughs> uh, Jay attempts to seduce Bethany before all of existence ends when he mentions John Joe Dersey. John Doe Jersey. I mixed up the other letters. Bethany finally puts all the clues together. She and Bob race across the street to the hospital as the others try to block Bartleby's path to the church. Bethany disconnects John's life supports, liberating God, but killing herself. She gets struck by lightning or some shit. She's a martyr, so it makes sense. Yeah. Bartleby reaches the church entrance where he confronts God, manifested in female form, Alanis Morissette, who annihilates him with her voice, which is why she can't talk too much. And she's like Black Bolt from Marvel. Uh, Bob arrives with Bethany's lifeless body. God resurrects her and conceives a child. Why? With the last skion within her womb. God, Metatron, Rufus, and Serendipity return to heaven, leaving Bethany and the prophets to reflect on their past and the future. Why did they just make her pregnant? Just so you know, it's Scion. I know. I like saying Skion, though. God damn it. I know it's Scion, but Skion sounds better. (laughs) Uh, But, um... I, I don't know. They probably just want to like make Bethany at this point, uh, like Mary. Yeah, I get it, but also it's like, what the fuck? So it, it's yeah, it's a little that weird, was the plot. Yeah. Like the like the, the the plot makes this movie seem like a, a jumbled mess. When in some cases it, it is, in other cases it's not though. Yeah, there's a yeah, lot like, of scenes that the uh, thing cut out, like a lot of the Bartleby and Loki stuff where they're. Just straight up murdering people for no reason. Well, for reason, but for no reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's fun to see that stuff, though. Also, I, I, it's, it's weird seeing that, that they wanted to portray Loki as the angel of death when he's just the trickster. Yeah. I think Loki in the, is the angel of death in other um, instance, in other like, religions and stuff. Alright. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, so Hunter, you seem to have a, like the probably a, for for some reason upon like I guess seeing this as your first viewing, you have the the, the shortest bit of notes. Well, I wasn't able to. So I, I, my first note is didn't have time to do a lot of notes, but this movie was crazy ridiculous and I liked it. Uh, gonna try to get some notes though, and then I got some notes. So when I was doing this, um, uh, when I was doing this last night, I was uh, making the Photoshop stuff and. Set and posting my other podcast, yeah. so I didn't have time at the beginning to copy down notes, but it was mostly just going to be me reacting to Alan Rickman's not having a penis. So, we're good. <laughs> by the way, don't forget to send me the thumbnail. Yeah, I'm gonna send it to you later. Now that I have it, actually, right. I send it to you right now, live yeah. and in person. So, well, so that way, person, but... at least when I wake up, if I'm up to it, I'll just I'll, I'll edit the video version. There you go. Um, you. Tell me if there's anything wrong with it. I think I forgot to make the. Um, pictures uh opacitized but that doesn't really matter yeah no it doesn't really matter because uh the it it looks good on the thumbnail regardless yeah um so moving on to my second mid-movie note having the first one be didn't time have time to take a lot of notes but i took a decent amount Uh, i said cast is crazy for a view askew movie love kevin smith good for him man uh my notes basically started (sighs) sorry Right as Chris Rock fell butt naked from the sky. 
That's where my notes started. Amazing. So I said Chris Rock is already the best character, and that's facts. If you don't I'll like, if you don't like Chris Rock in this film, you're a fucking liar. <laughs> oh come on, man! You're gonna give him a, your jacket. His member's gonna touch it. Don't worry, big man. I'll, I'll try and tuck it back. <laughs> Dude, it's so good. <laughs> uh, Zach said this. Zach said this film is two hours, which I got home earlier from my other podcast. Gonna be up forever with this one. I ended up getting to bed yeah. at like one thirty. <laughs> Yeah, I, when I told you, so I, I didn't know this film was was two hours. It's two hours and ten minutes. I was like, oh my god. That's where that's what kind of killed it for me. I yeah. felt like th- this film could have been like an, an easy an hour and a half. Yeah, I feel like if they cut a bunch of scenes with Bartleby, I feel like Bartleby and Loki really didn't even need to be in the movie. You introduce them, and then you show them just traveling. Or you just introduce them, and then you show them on the train, and that's it. And then you go, oh, there they are. But, of course, since he got his friends to do it, he wanted them to be in more scenes. And be- and he wanted to experiment a little bit more and get more stuff in there. So I get it. But there's got to be, like, a good editing, a good edited version of this that is, like, an hour and a half that I would love to see. I I think the only the only instance of Loki and Bartleby killing should be the, should be the bus. Then everything else sh- should be implied, like them leaving the movies. Yeah, the bus is fine. Yeah, the bus is fine because it's them traveling. As long as they're traveling, it's fine. But they go to the movie's office and sit there for like ten minutes. I'm like, what are you no. doing? See, but what they could do is just have them like, leave the mm-hmm. the movie's office with the gun in hand. Have that be implied. Yeah, or like blood all over them or something. Yeah, it just cuts to, like after Jay and Bob are at movies with Bethany and. Um, Rufus. Uh, it cuts to Loki and Bartleby walking out of the movie's headquarters, all bloodied, as like a like a, like an indication, like oh man, they're gonna kill Jay, Silent Bob, and all them, as like a little good mirror. Yeah, I don't know, something like that. But yeah, it's not that it was a bad scene. It's just that it was unnecessary, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, I said these in my next notes. Those hockey kids are annoying. I didn't like them. <laughs> Yeah, because every time they showed up, a, f- a fucking fly sound effect was on. And they also just killed people with hockey sticks. Oh. Sorry, and? I should have chugged the monster. They just killed people with hockey sticks, and I was like, that's absolutely ridiculous. But, whatever. Uh, I said, Jason Lee is great here, but mostly because he's such a dickhead. His Azrael character is just so dumb. I, I I love Jason Lee so much. Jason Lee's great. I'm glad he became an actor um, through Mallrats. Cause... Well, hell, like, my, my intro to him when I was younger was legit Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh, mine was My Name is Earl. Well, technically it was Alvin and the Chipmunks, but I just saw him as the guy that was in the film. Then I started watching My Name is Earl, and I was like, this guy is awesome. Yeah. And then you find out that Mallrats was his first film because Kevin Smith was like, he's my skateboarder friend. I'll make him a movie star. And I was like, that's good. And then, and then look what he did. He, he made him a fucking movie star. Yeah, he's not crazy popular, but he's still in a lot of stuff. He's mostly voice acting nowadays. Hey, um, good for him. Here's though. one of my favorite notes. Pee-pee hands. <laughs> uh, Bethany doesn't believe that Rufus is like one of the apostles or someone who is communed with God or Jesus. And she's like, tell me something that no one else knows. And then she's like, you let someone pee in your hands when you were a kid. And then two months later, he died of leukemia. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and his and name was he, Brian he Johnson. He never told anyone, yeah. and neither have you. <laughs> yeah. 
And then Jay goes, all right, do me. And he goes, you jerk off the most in the entire planet. And then he goes, everybody knows that. Tell me something they don't know. He's like, and most of the time, it's to guys. And then Jay goes, oh. <laughs> and then like, silent, like, uh, Bob looks over. He goes, only sometimes. <laughs> huh? Hey, man. Is what it is. Um, watching the Viewersku films just makes me want to watch Jay and Silent Bob, the re- uh, reboot. Okay, hold on. Watching the Viewersku films just makes me want to watch Jay and Silent Bob and the reboot. Besides Clerks, those are the best two films. That's what it was. Yeah, because Chasing Amy's not bad. Dogma's not bad. It's just, I'd rather watch Clerks 1, because I haven't seen Clerks 2 yet. And the Jay and Silent Bob movies, because those are honestly my favorite Kevin Smith Viewersku movies. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, they're just fun. I, I actually think Clerks 2 is, like, free on YouTube. Someone uploaded it, and, and no one has taken it down yet. Uh, that's because Kevin Smith doesn't care. Like, we like, I think, hold on, let me... You double-check while I read some more of my notes. I said, um, so many Smith friend Easter eggs. Uh, Walt Flanagan, Brian O'Halloran, Jeff, what's his last name? Uh, Brian Johnson, not Mike Flanagan, um, Walt Flanagan, and then Ming Chen all make appearances in this film in one way or another. Brian and uh, Brian's at the protest. Um, O'Halloran is the one of the news guys. Jeff is the gun salesman. Walt is another protester. Ming Chen is at the um, strip club. So it's cool to see a bunch of his buddies hanging out. And then obviously we got Ben Affleck and you know. Damon and Chris Rock and stuff. Them being later friends. So yep, it's on. Nice. It's on. Uh, it's on there, and so is Dogma. Damn it! <laughs> it's all good though. And from from the looks of it, I think uh, uh, Jason Lee might just play Earl in this because he has. Well, I think he was filming what my name is at the time. because oh, he just looks like Earl. In the mustache and clerks too. Uh yeah. Nice. Um, oh, by the way, I added more uh, movies to the uh, to the notes, and I moved up uh, Suicide Squad. So we'll talk about that right at the end of the show, though. Yeah. Just I wanted to let you know. Um, where was right. I? Yeah. I said uh, Selma Hayek is too hot for this planet. If you told me she was an alien, I wouldn't question it. But she did almost get a Razzie or an equivalent to for this film. So ugh. you know, Selma Hayek is just like way too pretty. And it's unfair yeah, to, she to everybody. she's gorgeous. And then, uh, I was like, if you told me she was an alien from, like, the planet Babyronis, I'd be like, I... <laughs> be like, I cool, man. Like, I get it. That's cool. I get it. No questions here. So, yeah. Uh, I'm excited for the Hitman's Bodyguard's Wife. That's gonna be funny. It's Ryan Reynolds, uh, Sam Hayek, and Samuel Jackson. Sequel to, oh. obviously, the Hitman's Bodyguard. By the way, I, I can't wait to talk about something about, um... About Ryan Reynolds after we get done with, um... So uh, after you're done with my notes. Oh no! Oh, is it the because, uh, the John? Not the John Wick. Oh my God! Is it the Johnny Cage thing? Yeah, that's yeah, just like insane that we talked about that and then like immediately after we get done recording, what, what happens on Twitter? <laughs> yeah, he makes a little John Johnny Cage joke. I want it to be the Miz just because I don't want Ryan Reynolds to be in it because I want it to be a little bit lesser known people. Uh, a lot of people are campaigning for Ryan Reynolds, but I think Miz. Almost might have it in the bag. Miz makes more sense for Johnny Cage. Don't get me yes. wrong, Ryan Reynolds could do it, but I don't want Ryan Reynolds to just play himself. The Miz playing himself makes sense because the Miz as a character is Johnny Cage. Yeah. And also, like, if, if that happens, think of all the publicity WWE can get. And they can have Johnny Cage fight a match, or they can have Cole Young show up. 
<laughs> they, or, or they can just easily promote this and pop ratings. Exactly. Because they fucking need it. And they can have guest characters show up in their games. It'll be interesting. So Yeah. Uh, where was I? Um, I said, I don't... I kind of don't care for the Ben Affleck and Matt Damon story. They are great together and have amazing chemistry, but I like Jay and Bob chilling with Chris Rock. <laughs> I, I I need to learn. I, I want to learn more about how Chris Rock got this, got into this movie. I don't think Chris Rock was very popular at the time, movie wise. I think he was just a stand up comedian at this time. This movie definitely didn't put him on the map, but this movie um, was one of his first ones, I think. This is nineteen ninety nine. This is like right after him and Adam Sandler became boys. Uh, yeah, because uh, Chris Rock was doing SNL this time, right? Yeah, so I think he just got out of SNL and he wanted to play, he wanted to do movies. And he teamed up with Adam Sandler and Kevin Smith. And then he did this film and something else, I think. Don't quote me on it, but I remember oh. him leaving SNL to do movies. And then he did, like, weird ones first. And then he got into, just, you know, being Chris Rock. And, and then, then, like, he dwind- in... and then he dwindled again. And, and, and then the early 2000s, he was caretaker in The, in the Longest Yard. Oh, One of my favorite great. Adam Sandler movies. I think that might have been the first Adam Sandler movie. I think they were working on that right around the same time they were working on Dogma. But yeah, yeah. That, well, no, no, because that Adam one came movie. out in early two thousands. Because all the wrestlers that were in it. Yeah. Trust me on that one. I I, I know I see that movie a lot. Nah, it's a good movie. It is. Um, I said, is this the first film the movies is in? Yes. It is okay. I know Clerks 2, they work there, or at least Rosario Dawson's there. I don't remember them mentioning movies in uh, Mallrats or even Chasing Amy. Yeah, I remember it being in Clerks 2, though, obviously. I thought it originated from Clerks 2 because they go to work there, or at least they're talking to one of their friends that does work there. So I thought it originated from there. But it looks like it obviously originates from Dogma just being in the background and then him killing all the executives. I still can't wait to talk about one thing I've noticed in the in the in the movie's office that I have listed down. Surly Duck. Yep. <laughs> slurry Duck. Oh, uh, that's what it was. I thought it was Surly. No, it's Slurry. Uh, maybe. Um, here we go. Don't tell uh, me it's maybe. It's fucking Slurry. I gotta watch more Ben Affleck films. He's great. Just not watching Geely. Argo is great. Maybe we'll watch Argo on the show or Gone Girl. Zach, have you seen The Accountant? That's a solid action flick. <laughs> I like I said, I, I've only seen um, I, I've only seen like the, the the last. Yeah, this is right around the same time Serendipity is introduced, and she's talking about how she's um, she's credited in quotes for um, nineteen of the twenty most highest grossing films of all time at the time. And then she goes. The only one that she hasn't done was home. Uh, was Home Alone, but uh, someone sold their soul to do that. I said, "Have we done Home Alone yet? We gotta." So I put Home Alone on the. Home I put Alone. Home Alone on the list too in the Christmas section. I'm looking. Okay, so it's S L U R L Y. It is slurry. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was. Uh-huh. Silly. I'm fucking right. <laughs> Um, next note is a shit demon, Kevin. Why? Um, yeah, it's just it is whatever. Uh, Jay and Bob do a lot in this film. Never knew this. Jay and Silent Bob are like the main characters. It's really well, cool because they are the prophets. Yeah, I didn't. I, again, I haven't seen this movie before, and I I knew that they were in it, but I didn't know that they were such a huge part. I thought they were like their normal Jay and Silent Bob characters, where they just show up in the background for two seconds, snoochie boochies, and then leave. 
well, like, it, it, essentially, Jay and Silent Bob kind of got the popularity, say, in the way that Steve Urkel got for Family Matters. Yeah, where they were in the background and then he became a main character. Yeah. They were actually going to stop using him after season one. Kind of like how but, Aaron nope. Paul from Breaking Bad. They were going to kill Jesse at the end of the first season, and then people liked him so much that they kept him around for the whole show, and they made a movie about I, him. I, I'm so oh, El Camino, good movie. El Camino, phenomenal. Movie. So good. Yeah. I loved it a lot. I wish there was a little bit more, but oh, same. it is what it is. But we did get Walt. It's just we didn't get Walt after he quote-unquote died, which sucks. I wish we got um, confirmation that he was alive with the theories. It would have been fun. But it be how it be. Well, hey, it's open-ended, and I like it that yeah. way. Maybe we'll talk about it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because Jesse Plemons was great in that film, too. Oh, man. Um, I said a Madman toy. That's crazy. Hashtag comic nerd. Madman is just a character that was created by Mike Allred. Um, he was the lightning bolt thing that was behind um, Azrael when they were in the toy store. Ah. Little red lightning bolt guy. I ended up looking it up. Those are real toys. That was cool. That's dope. I don't yeah. know if they made them just as like little nods to mall rats. But it was cool. Um, kind of like how they portray religion. I agree a, l- a lot with what they're saying. Wish people would stop being big babies and just have a logical conversation about it. Um, about it all. And how it's just a bunch of stories about a chill-ass Egyptian dude. Yeah. He was a, he was a carpenter who was... A, dude, I, I've explained this theory to Courtney a lot. And she's big, she's big into religion and she hates that I talk about it. But hear me out. Jesus was a hipster. Think about <laughs> oh, it. Think no. about it. He wore sandals before it was cool. He was a carpenter. His whole turning water into wine, he just experimented with fermenting wine, dude. He was just a hipster. He just Jesus. did crafts. God. I, 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 I can't even say Jesus wrong? Christ or God damn it. <laughs> Am I wrong? Anyway, I know this will get me a lot of slack from any of the people who are listening that do. I do have to be religious, but like, just think what? about it. He was Watch this be the one episode, like so. Uh, someone digs up, like, oh, episode forty of Bucked Off as Losers. <laughs> Hunter just goes apeshit on religion. Hunter says, <laughs> Hunter says this at like forty six minutes. Jesus and, was and, a hipster. And, and something nine and something seconds. Hey man, God, Jesus was a hipster. Just think about it. Um, final three notes. I got Larry and Barry Lamar. It was funny that instead of Loki and Bartleby, there was Larry and Barry. Um, Ben Affleck does come off a little gay. Am I wrong? Well. Not in that movie, just in general. The way he acts. I'm just like, Ben Affleck, if if you told me Ben Affleck was gay, I wouldn't question it. I've seen him date really attractive women, like Ana de Armas and stuff, but I could see him dating Matt Damon or other guys. It works. It's kind of like the Tom Cruise thing. Yeah, Tom Cruise could be gay. Whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's just like, you can see it. Like with Neil yeah. Patrick Harris. I didn't know Neil Patrick Harris was gay, but mostly because when I started watching How I Met Your Mother, I didn't know who Neil Patrick Harris was. So I saw him being a womanizer. And I was like, he's probably not a womanizer in real life. I mean, obviously. But he's he can't he be. Plays he plays a really good gay. straight guy. And then he's they're like, oh, he's super gay, has kids and a husband. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. Yeah, I was a little surprised, but, you know. Yeah. Doogie Hauser, what are you gonna do? <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> and my final note, it said, "Wasn't terrible." Wish we got more of the battle at the end, though. This kind of just cuts to them uh, having a little scuffle, and then it cuts to the end of the fight with all the dead people. And I was like, "Okay." 
So that's all I got. <sighs> all right. Um, what you got, love? Yes. So, are these kids about to beat up an old man? Facts. My, then my next note. Yep. <laughs> yep, the beat up God. <laughs> He's playing ski uh, George Carlin as a cardinal. This feels weird, but I fucking love it. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, retire the crucifix. Facts. Meme Jesus. Yeah, dude. Buddy Christ. Uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are the best duo. I need more with them. Yep. Um, I, I, this was the, the opening dialogue where we're introducing them. I, I love the dialogue between them. I think, oh, and also, uh, this is when, um, uh, when we're in the church and, uh, the pastor was reading off a news article. I, when I, as someone who has gone to church, that actually does happen. A pastor just reads a random article or talks about a random instance in his life. Weird. It, it's just weird. Uh, Hans Gruber is doing well. Hans Gruber. He became the voice of God after falling off the building. Yeah, that's what happened. He is, that's his redemption. Um, I do wonder how they got Alaric before this film. I think they just asked him and he said, yeah. Oh no, there's actually a note. I don't think I included it, but, um, he sent the script to Alan Rickman and Alan Rickman said he'll only join, um, under two conditions. He said the first one is if they'll stay faithful to the script as in they don't want to change it. Cause I guess Alan Rickman liked it. And the second one, he wanted to know if the wings were real or CGI, and I think that they were practical. So, that's just dope. Yeah. So Alan Rickman was like, "I like this film." He's like, "I'll be in it." He's like, "Just don't make it bad." And then it wasn't too bad. <laughs> uh, Jay and Silent Bob are fucking prophets. Facts. Why is Randall working at a pawn shop? It's a gun store. I think it, it, it looked like a pawn shop. It looked because like, of just like random. Odds and ends. Maybe it was. The note said it was a gunshot, but it is what it is. It's cool. Uh, John Hughes is a legend. Chill with that, Jay. Oh, yeah. The, the, this is when they're bringing up how, like, um, how, how Silent Bob just likes watching all John the, Hughes um, films and crying? Yeah. Yeah. With 16 um, candles, motherfucker. <laughs> I, this is when they brought up movies are bullshit. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Naked Chris Rock. Oh, yeah. It just falls out of the sky. <laughs> Uh, Salma Hayek as Serendipity in the strip club is perfect. She also did uh, From Dusk Till Dawn, I believe, as a stripper. And I put that in the movie as one of our horror movies because I was like, I want to watch that. It's a half Tarantino, not Tarantino film. And also Salma Hayek is in it. <laughs> also, I forgot to mention, in the airport, um, uh, Matt Damon's character is talking about walruses and tusk. And I was starting to get like, my eyes were twitching. Because I realized we have to watch Tusk. No, it's not part of the VSQ universe, technically. But we still have to watch Tusk. Oh, at, My at, eye was twitching. At some point, we can watch Tusk, but we're doing VSQ first, then we're going to go and maybe touch on Kevin Smith movies later on. Because we don't got to do yoga hoses, either. And then, um... Something in the back. A poster called Slurry Duck. Now I wonder, is this a show about a duck just as a bunch of slurs? That's facts, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch it. Uh, let me do, let me just make sure I'm right again about this. I thought this. it was so Slurry sure I... Duck, but it could be Slurry Duck. But I'm oh, only, I, you know, I, I... Uh, Tusk and Yoga Hosers are part of Kevin Smith's uh, Canadian trilogy. His third and final Canadian trilogy film is going to be called Moose Jaws. It's basically Jaws with a giant moose, and that's supposed to be where J- uh, Silent Bob canonically dies. Oh, wait. It, it, so it, it is Surly, S-U-R-L-Y, but I'm going to keep I, it as Slurry. Uh, I like Slurry Duck. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be something interesting. <laughs> Because I, I, to be honest, I think at first glance, I was like, I was like oh, it, it must say this. Yeah. 
But I, I, it also, I wouldn't put it past Kevin Smith to have a, a poster like that in that movie. Oh yeah, dude's a madman. Uh, and then I, I brought this up. Didn't Matt Damon play Loki in the play remake in Thor Ragnarok? He did. Uh, a shit demon. Uh, this is when my descent to like this film being, eh, mm-hmm. was was happening. Uh, why is this movie two fucking hours? Oh no. How does this have such a high rating on Rotten Tomatoes? And this movie is so far making me tired. Like, holy shit, I've almost passed out twice on my desk while watching. <laughs> hey, man, and I'm, I'm being honest with that. I was yawning maybe towards, like, the latter, like, Oh, it does like get a little minutes. slow, so you're not wrong. But that is all of my notes. Hunter, read us this review. So... On Rotten Tomatoes, this film has an approval rating of 67% based on 127 reviews, with an average rating of 6.25 out of 10, and an audience score of 85%. The site's critical consensus reads, Provocative and audacious, Dogma is an uneven but thoughtful religious satire that's both respectful and irreverent. I can agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hunter, could you give it the good review? Yeah, you You gave it a significantly worse review. So... Uh, yeah. Jason Zingal from Bullseye.com. It's too bad Smith's trademark humor got in the way because while the, uh, while the film definitely has its flaws, there's no denying that it also had the ability to serve as an intellectual debate about religion, which is why I think one of my notes covered. I was like, yeah, this works. I like it. So, okay. Zachariah, I, what is yeah, the? I, I, I gave this a significantly bad review. Yeah, I'll, you, I'll I'll get into why. You know, like. Um, this is from Todd McCarthy of Verity. I think we've read uh, a variety, but I think we've read some Tom, Todd McCarthy reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, a very vulgar pro-faith comedy rather than a sacrilegious goof, Dogma mm-hmm. is an extraordinarily uneven film that significantly cutting might be able to transform into a playable one. Yeah. I, I think that kind of means like if you were to cut some parts out of the film, it, it, it at least would have some... Like, rewatchability, in a way. It does have some of that, yeah. But, you know. So, Hunter, what would you give this film? So, and why? before I get to that, I don't know if they say Snoochie Boochies or Snoogans. I know Snoogans is something they say. Snoochie Boochies is on the beanie of Jay. Okay, they do Snoochie Boochies is a Jay and Silent Bob thing. Yes. Okay, I wanted to make sure, because I always say it like it's a Silent, Jay and Silent Bob thing. And I know they say Snoogans. But Snoochie Boochies. I thought it was Snoochie Boochies, and I say Snoochie Boochies all the time. So, anyway, I gave it, obviously, 6.5 Snoochie Boochies out of 10. For my explanation, I said it's definitely not my favorite Smith film, but it's aged a lot better than a lot of them, to be sure. Uh, Sucks that they have way too many characters to keep track of. Overall, though, it's definitely better than some, but I could go without a rewatch for quite some time. Unless they cut it down to an hour and a half. While I can watch Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back or Clark a million times. Alright, so, I, and be, be a note, I have a novel of an explanation. It's not too long. But, uh, so I gave this movie, uh, four Mighty Duck Fucks out of ten. Hell yeah. Um, I, am I reading, am, my explanation is, um, I love Kevin Smith all my heart, but this film is not it. I, I almost, this is not in my explanation, I'm saying this movie, it's not bad, it's not okay, it's just, meh, to me. Uh, for starters, this movie is an hour too long. Also, the acting in some areas are kind of bad. Uh, the only ones that, that steal the show for me are Alan Rickman and the legendary boys, uh, Damon and, and Affleck. I'm happy that this film is kind of 
erased from history, but also sad. As this film, uh, as um, um, a the, the, uh, as this film is bad, but yet uh, so insightful, um, it does deserve to be talked about in some regards. Um, if, if by the grace of God, no pun intended, with this film, uh, that that Smith hears this episode in particular, don't let this film kind of be the Batman and Robin or even the room to your kind of film um, expense. Uh, Dogma was a learning experience in a way of what not to do with films. Lastly, I do see this film as Smith flying too close to the sun, once again, no pun intended, with his success in the three films I think, that he has made. I think you are wrong in this, man. I like this film. Do I love it? No. Will I rewatch it in the next four years? Not unless I'm doing another movie podcast. <laughs> or I'm talking to Kevin Smith and we're doing a stoned rewatch of all of his films. Like, I don't see myself watching this, but it's not a bad film. Like I said, if they I, cut it down, if they cut a couple <laughs> scenes out, I think this movie would be awesome. I, I do have a feeling that the, I, this film is probably better to watch high than it is... Dude, every Kevin Smith film is better to watch high. What are you on? What are you on, drugs? <laughs> well, oh, well, this film is better to watch probably high. Everything else I can watch sober. Well, yeah, most of them are pretty good high. But yeah, I, I, I said, like, for me, this film is just eh to me. It's like, it's... It's nor it's nor here nor nor there. It's just like in the middle. I feel you. And like I said, I I give my explanation as like I because I had thought mainly going into this that like Kevin Smith like didn't didn't really want much of this film to be out there. I don't know, man. As much, which is like which is why which is why I thought the reason why it was like no longer on streaming platforms. I just think that it was a whole Miramax deal thing. Like I said, like I, the, the only saving graces for me of the of this film were definitely Alan Rickman and Matt and Ben. Well, obviously they're the big ones. But guys, I think that will do it for us. Thank you all for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Box Office Losers and on Twitter at Box Office Loser. You can also follow us on TikTok at Box Office Losers for up to date news, teasers, or if I just feel like posting on the TikTok account. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it. We're pretty much almost everywhere besides Podbean, I think. Um, I think I put us also, on Podbean. I don't know. Not 100%. Uh, probably not yet. Um, we'll you, you can leave a review. It helps with the algorithm. Share with your friends, friend, family, whatever. But uh, with that said, Hunter, where can we find you? You could find me at Scruffy Moose Man on 99% of the platforms. I don't know 100% if I'm on all of them, but I know that's where you can find me for the most part. You can also find me uh, every Wednesday at Android's Amazing Podcast. It's a comic book podcast I do with um, uh, my co-host slash co-worker. This week we talked about Falcon and the Winter Soldier with our with special guest John Sansone. He came from the MCU Beyond Infinity podcast. Just a, everything and everything MCU, all in that. And you can find me every Thursday at the Farthest Galaxy, which is a Star Wars podcast that I do with my boy. So, that's it. That's the all. That's where you can find me. But, Zach, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me lit- like literally everywhere on 100% of all social media platforms at Dark Shadow Zake. Uh, I have coined that new username to a T. You can also find me every Thursday on the Sports Hit List uh, covering this week's AEW. I'll be doing that later tonight, recording that. It's going to be a long episode because I have to watch uh, a very intense episode of AEW. Nice. But guys, 
we do appreciate you all for watching. We are now episode 40. I'm surprised we have stuck this long on it. Hey, man. It's fun. Yeah. Because normally I bow out towards this part, and Hunter knows that with exceptions to the From Another Ring podcast. I mean, hey, when it starts getting boring, we'll stop. Right now, yeah. it's fun. Yeah. But guys, thank you all for listening and watching, and we'll see you next week. Peace. Goodbye.